The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's eight minutes after eight, and thank you so much uh, for tuning in to the Forum at Eight. And uh, independent candidates who lost in the 2013 Tlokwe by-elections have welcomed the Constitutional Court finding yesterday that those by-elections were not free and fair. Now, all eight independent candidates, formerly ANC uh, members, lodged an application at the court uh, citing allegations of fraud. The Constitutional Court ruling yesterday set aside the outcome of those by-elections, calling for fresh by-elections to be held within 90 days. So on the forum date this morning, we asked, how has this Tlokwe judgment affected the credibility of the IEC? Do you think it has at all? And and, and this morning, we're going to open the lines right now because um, let me just uh, make it clear that uh, the IEC, the Independent Electoral Commission, will not be uh, getting into a debate with the candidates um, you know, who brought this case before the Constitutional Court. So if you have questions, feel free to raise them at this point, 0891-104-208. And um, we have with us Mr. Terry Tselane, who is the Vice Chairperson um, uh, Commissioner of the Independent uh, Electoral Commission. Thanks for coming through this morning. Thank you very much for having me. And on the line, uh, we also have with us um, uh, Professor Kialeboha Mapunye, who occupies the Whipple Brigalia BAM Chair in uh, Electoral Democracy in Africa at UNISA. Thanks for your time as well, Prof. Okay, uh, Prof uh, seemingly having some problems with his line there, but I'm sure we'll get to him later. But uh, Mr. Tselani, uh, first off, uh, your response to the outcome there yesterday at the Constitutional Court? We have noted the judgment, and um, as the Commission, we have indicated that um, we will uh, be implementing uh, the court judgment uh, in totality. So if we look at the mandate of uh, the Electoral Commission, I mean... Um, Obviously, you know, one of the key issues is the conduct of uh, the commission and, by extension, all uh, those that fall into its ambit. So what went wrong, would you say? Look, I mean, um, it's a system issue in a sense that um, we've been operating from the beginning on the basis that uh, the the legislation says uh, that a person who registers must register where they are ordinarily resident. And a place of residence is defined in the legislation as either a place or a home uh, to which a person returned to after a temporary uh, absence, after a period of temporary absence. So uh, what this means is that uh, any place can actually be regarded as a place of residence. So when a person comes to register, uh, we don't ask for the details of a place of residence for the person. We accept the bona fides of that person. Uh, If you say, I live in extension 2, number 4, we don't say, give us proof. We accept it. We look in the map and then place you in the voting district where you're supposed to be located. Now, um, this is how we've operated. And unfortunately, um, some of the political parties and and, and, and candidates uh, took advantage of this loophole when it came to by-elections. And um, we noticed this in Josini in KwaZulu-Natal a few years, few years back. And uh, we asked the political parties as well as uh, those who are contesting the elections to say, 
please do not abuse the system because now what was happening is that these uh, political parties and independent candidates were beginning to bus people uh, to wards that had by-elections and make sure that they registered there before a by-election is held in order to influence the outcome of an election. So we raised this with the political parties uh, in KwaZulu-Natal. We raised it in the National Party License Committee. We raised it at every little opportunity that we had with the political parties to say, you should not abuse the system because you are beginning to uh, contaminate uh, our voters' role uh, by so doing. You know, so that's where the, the problem really started. Mm. But there is a second problem. And then people seem to think that this thing started yesterday. There are quite a number of areas that do not have regular addresses. Uh, the informal settlements, uh, as well as uh, some villages. In fact, almost all the villages, they don't have the addresses. Now, when people register and you say you ask for an address, what is their place of residence? You know, so it becomes a problem in those kind of instances. But I must also admit uh, to the fact that in 1998, when we started with our first voters' roll, um, we did not capture the addresses of people, even in areas where we could capture the addresses. And now we're still dealing with the legacy of that. We're still trying to get uh, to capture the addresses of people. And these are the areas that the Constitutional Court is raising and says, firstly, you've got to have uh, what they call uh, sufficient particularities of voters' address. Mm. Uh, so it means we've got to go back, look at our definition of a uh, place of residence, but also begin to look now uh, and, and, and utilize uh, and investigate uh, the new terminologies that the Constitutional Court is using, which is that of uh, sufficient particularities of the voters' address. What does it mean? Because that is that is pivotal to the notion of um, credible elections, because the integrity of the voters' role is inextricably interwoven with the integrity of any election. Would you agree with that? Definitely. I mean, you know, there are four aspects that determine the quality and character of the voters of, of the of the elections. Uh, the first one is the voters' role. The second one is the quality of logistics. The third being the quality of our staff, electoral staff. And the fourth one is the political environment. These four areas are critical. Now, remember that what the Constitutional Court did was just to confine itself to the voters' role. So voters' role is one of the key elements in the electoral processes. Are you concerned about uh, the sort of damage that this judgment may have done to the credibility of the IEC, the fact that uh, some members of the public may have lost confidence in the IEC because of this? Of course we are concerned. Um, but we accept at the same time that uh, uh, people will begin to understand uh, how uh, the decisions were arrived at, uh, what are the kind of the issues that we are dealing with here, uh, that there was no malicious intent on the part of the organization, uh, that this is uh, the legacy issues, as I've indicated to you, uh, that we interpreted uh, the law in a particular manner. Uh, but the, the, the Constitutional Court says uh, you've got to go broader than the way you've actually been uh, uh, de uh, uh, defining and and interpreting the law. Mm. And those who brought the case uh, before the courts, they actually, uh, you know, are suggesting that this was actually more malicious than you are making it to sound right now, because they brought these things to the attention of the officials who were present, and it was simply ignored. No, no, no. Um, remember, we're dealing now with the constitutional court. 
allegations that are made in the streets, I can't really comment on that. Let's deal with the issues and the content of what is contained within arguments in the Constitutional Court and uh, the, how the decisions were arrived. But does there that not number- speak to the conduct of the officials that are employed by the IEC? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, remember the aspect that I have raised with you. And that aspect is that there is the interpretation of the legislation. That is a problem. Uh, we interpreted it in a particular manner. Even in court when we argued, we argued in a technical way. And the court, the constitutional court said, the issue is not just a technical issue. Because we were saying, we are able to tell how many people have actually come from uh, these different areas. And then these are the numbers. But let's assume that these numbers are given to uh, people who are grieved. Let's assume that if it is 1,000 people uh, in a particular ward that r- irregularly registered, we will take this 1,000 people, give them to a person uh, who has lost, and see as to whether it makes difference. Uh, and that's how we determine the materiality of the elections. And then the Constitutional Court says, no, 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 no. This issue is not a mathematical issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is about the environmental factors. But why did you think that that was a good enough argument to try and make out that this was about mathematics? Because that's how we've always defined the materiality of the elections. That's what I'm saying to you. The issue is actually the interpretation of the law. We look at the law. The law in Section 65 of the, of the, of, of the Commission, uh, of the, rather, of the, of the, uh, electoral, the Municipal Electoral Act, uh, says... Uh, that uh, a party that feels that uh, in the electoral process uh, there are things that have happened that have uh, materially affected the outcome of the elections, um, they, they, they can object to the, to the commission using Section 65. Now, uh, how are we able to determine as to whether uh, this is material to the outcome of the elections or not? We had to come to some kind of uh, con- uh, a conclusion, and that conclusion is a mathematical uh, formula that we are using, uh, looking at the numbers, and trying to use the numbers to be able to determine as to whether it was possible uh, for a candidate that is supposedly won uh, to have lost, even if uh, you took all the numbers and then gave them to another another person. So that's how we've always operated. Well, um, and of course, um, I have many questions around that, but I shall pause there for the moment. I said the lines are open, 0891-104-208. That's the number to call in. We uh, have with us the Vice Chairperson, Commissioner uh, Terry Telani from the IEC, speaking to us this morning. And of course, uh, everybody's welcome to come in, but as I indicated, um, and I think it's only fair that the IEC will not engage in um, you know, a debate with the parties at this point uh, for obvious reasons, but that doesn't mean they can't call in. 089 Nine one one zero four two zero eight. Let's go to um, uh, the lines right now, and I believe we have Mr. Joe McGlua, a leader of the Democratic Alliance in the Northwest, on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning to all of you and to all the listeners. Thank you for the opportunity. So you've listened to what uh, we've been talking about with uh, Commissioner Tselani. What's your view on all of this? Well, uh, I, I would like to say that the DA welcomed the decision by the Concord yesterday. What actually happened yesterday has presented us with a number of opportunities. It has shown that the, the IEC is accountable to the people of this country, and in this case, accountable to the people of Clockware. We are very happy with the outcome because freedom is not a favor from the IEC. It is a right, something that has been won for all of us. What is really concerned is that 
the IEC does not come out of this thing covered in glory and praise. What the IEC has to do to us as South Africa is to simply apologize. They have failed the South Africans. They have failed the test in guarantee a free and fair election. And it will not for the IEC shifting the blame and now all of a sudden putting out statements calling upon the citizens against committing election fraud. If you listen to the judgment, it was a judgment against the IEC. And for the Democratic Alliance, the IEC has been complicit in this case, whether it is directly so or indirectly so. They allow themselves that their reputation is at stake. And we can only hope as South Africans that that reputation of them will be rectified and how. Let us see how they are going to, be going to do this because they allow themselves from an opportunity to give this country a free and fair election in clockwork. But I so think so, so you're saying the, the IEC allowed themselves to be used is what you are suggesting? Exactly. The mistake that the IEC has made was to swap out uh, staff members and, and we are saying that is not enough. We have to stop this and the only way to stop this is to prosecute, is to prosecute, but the, the, the question remains, will or does the IEC have the will to do that? You know, the, the vice chairperson is talking about some political parties exploiting the system. We are having and facing a case here where come and others has a case against the IEC that the political parties busing people in and register them is the ANC because it is eight councillors here. It is eight incum- uh, 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 incumbents here that was the person who applied to the IEC. And, and, and it's very sorry, we must have and an, uh, give a background to this country. They approach the, the, uh, the necessary uh, procedures and structures, but they could not sit. So we feel that the IEC has failed the people of, 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 of Clockware. And the issue here for us is, uh, you know, who do they employ? And, 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 and also, who do they give that responsibility to guarantee a free and fair election? We are saying everyone has the right to freedom, to fairness, and to opportunity. But what has happened here, we have dealt with criminals in the local municipality. Some and others have been deprived of an opportunity where the independence and dignity has been undermined. And we say that the IEC must take full responsibility for that. The IEC has also indicated some remedies, of which of, 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 of them was on the 2nd of, 3rd, uh, of March this year, where, where they had a, a, a summit. And at this summit, various political parties, including the Democratic Alliance, submit their bill as far as how we see the IEC will operate also in terms of giving the IEC that kind of investigative uh, uh, capacity. But nothing at this, at this summit has been discussed as far as the registration is concerned. And this is where our problem lies as, 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 as a country. Okay. We, we are... 
Mr. Wuglua, thank you so much uh, for that. And uh, I'm going to get Mr. Telani to respond to that. I uh, just want to add what uh, uh, some of our listeners are saying in regard to uh, perhaps uh, what Mr. Maglua was uh, highlighting there. Spelele Tlutla says, the reason the IEC is corruptible is because it hires Satu teachers who are beholden to the ANC to be voting station officers. And uh, Vukile Tluati says, the inaccuracies in the voters' role and registration of people outside the contested wards, I'm battling to convince myself that this is a first. Mr. Tselani? Um, let me start actually with the, with the last uh, comment. Um, I accept uh, on behalf of uh, our organization uh, the inaccuracies and the difficulties uh, that we have experienced. I think it would be wrong uh, not to accept a part of our responsibility as the commission. But I need to indicate as well, uh, it, is, it, is, it is very, very possible uh, that uh, this is not uh, the only area where there could be inaccuracies. I've indicated I'm working on the basis of what the judgment says. The judgment says you must have the addresses uh, for all the people who are on the voters' roll. We've got 25.3 million people on the voters' roll. And therefore, I agree with the last comment that it is possible uh, that uh, we don't have the addresses for all the 25.3 million people that are on the voters' roll. We've got to go back as the commission to try to look into those kind of inaccuracies. So, yes, um, it is one of the issues that going forward, we are working on. How long we, do you have to address that, given that we're going into an election? We, we've been doing that. We've been doing that. We've been, we're capturing, we've been capturing the addresses. We're trying to make sure that our voters' role is as current and uh, as credible as possible. So even before the judgment, we had already started, we had taken a policy decision as the commission uh, to say uh, the issue of the addresses, which was raised uh, in the minority report of uh, Justice Webinar uh, in the electoral court, uh, we felt that it was an issue uh, that we needed to focus on and make sure that we are able to address it. And hence, the policy decision that we've taken uh, in terms of capturing uh, the addresses. Now, the second issue that has been raised is the issue related to such. We've been dealing with this issue for a long, long time. Some of the political parties have raised this formally with us as the electoral commission. Now, let me give you the genesis of. Uh, employment of uh, teachers uh, within the organization. And I can say this with confidence because I've been with this organization uh, since the beginning. Um, In 1998, when we had our first uh, registration uh, period, the government then told us that there was no money, uh, you recall, and therefore they made available the civil servants. So the people who ran the elections was we're civil servants. We had soldiers. We had teachers. We had every person within civil service. We are not paying a cent or honorarium for all these people. Now, over time, when the resources were made available to the commission, we started now reducing the number of civil servants uh, to give opportunity uh, to the unemployed. So, we have reduced this from 100%. At the moment, 
uh, the number of teachers, and I'm not talking about Sadu, Sadu, because we don't know if a person is from Sadu or from any uh, uh, union or whether a person is affiliated or non-affiliated to any union. We have reduced this from 100% to about 8%. 8% of the 218,000 staff members that we have, we have taken another decision. And that decision is to say to our administration, you go and make sure uh, that in areas where uh, the, the, it is not critical uh, for a person who should be who should be a, a part of electoral staff to be uh, in that position, that you try to give opportunities again uh, to uh, the ranks uh, to the people coming from the ranks of the unemployed. So we are working on that. We are working with the political parties. Mm. Uh, but in addition to that, we subject the list of people who work for us to the political parties. We give them the list of all the people who are working at a local level for the political parties to object. And then if the objections are substantial, then we are able to remove those people that uh, are in our voting station. So this is not something that the IC is just doing on its own there. We're subjecting this to the, the criteria that we have for the appointment of electoral staff has been agreed to with the party liaison committee where all the political parties sit at the national level. And from there, we're subjecting this list again to uh, people at the local level. So that if a person feels that this person is going to compromise the, pos- the process, then they can object and we can remove uh, that particular person. Now, there are issues that were raised by Park the leader of the, of the... Of, of, we're going to come back to it. Uh, let's go to news. Uh, we're going to take news headlines. The lines are blazing. The messages are streaming in. And uh, the uh, vice chairperson of uh, the commission, uh, the Independent Electoral Commission, is with us this morning. We'll take your calls uh, right after this news break. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And back to the issue at hand this morning, we're asking how has the Tlokwe judgment affected the credibility of the IEC in conversation with Mr. Terry Tselani, the vice chairperson of uh, the Independent Electoral Commission. And taking your calls, 891 uh, let me just take them and then you can just factor these uh, answers in with the one uh, that you already have, uh, Commissioner Tselani, uh, because uh, our listeners have been holding for some time and we apologize for that. Chris in Porch, good morning. And good morning to Mr. Selani. Uh, SK, I was one of the contestants in that election. Now, I hear what Mr. Selani is saying, but maybe this message never got to the electoral Okay, Chris, 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 we really want to hear what you have to say. That line not playing ball right now. I'm going to put you back to the producers. We'll get you on a better line and we'll come back to you. In the meantime, let's go to Eddie in Wittendals. Good morning, Eddie. I was told not to not to greet you. I just want to say, you know, the honesty that Mr. Telani presented uh, this 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 matter reflects that uh, IEC integrity is still holding on. And I want to, you know, congratulate him for that. He's a brave man. You know, honesty. You you, you don't sin by, by by just saying things as they are. But what I want to say is that you know. Um, Maybe we need to separate things here, and I'm talking as a member of the ANC. But um, the DA will make this noise, but maybe we'll need also to check in the Western Cape whether things are, are right. You know, when you, when you vote from the queue 
up to the uh, voting uh, booth. I am telling you, you'll see that the system of IC are very correct. We, I understand what the judgment was saying, and I, I and uh, I also want to appreciate what Mr. Tsilani is saying that they will correct the vote uh, the voter registration because that's where the voters roll because that's where the problem is. That's where people takes advantage, and the advantage can be taken by any party. And that's why yesterday I was saying, as at the ANC, we don't need an evil hand to have the ANC to win the elections because people of South Africa still believe in the ANC. We need just to, as the ANC also to look at those individuals who are involved in this because they also cost the, the ANC. Because if those numbers were calculated out, and you still find that the ANC won those wards. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Eddie, let's go to Tebuho in uh, Ward 9 in Porch. Good morning. Hello, how are you? Good, and you? I'm fine. I'm speaking to Tebo from Porch from Ward 9. As a resident of Ward 9, I was deprived my right of choosing a candidate of my choice by IEC. The, the, the saying by, the, by, your, by your guest there is, is, is short of the, the whole truth. The, the, the ringing bell was sound on the beginning of the first by-election of the Ward 9. We, we, we made IEC aware of this happening. Why, ask them what happened to the, to, the, to the investigation that they did on, on Ward 9. Ask them why Dr. Tivane never came back to me after we made her aware of the things that they happened at Ward 9. Ask them, are they in control of Zip Zip Machine? Because at Ward 9, around 7, if you remember it was winter, between 7 and 8 o'clock, people were being registered at the corner of the talk, and they entered the, 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 the voting station and vote. What happened to those investigations? Are they in control of their own Zip Zip Machine? What happened to the official, Mr. Makodi? They've, they've given him a golden handshake. He has disappeared in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the face of the nation. So now, up until they are in control, uh, it is safe to say, I'm a member of SATU, I'm a member of COSATU, but I, I, I start to believe what the people are saying. Right. If, people, if people can, can manipulate numbers in this way, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the way we are going as a country. And, but what is important, I was deprived a candidate of my choice by IEC, not the ANC. ANC know they lost what nine, but he won what nine. They know that. Thank you so much. Tebukho, uh, let's respond to that. Serious allegations there. Eh? Yeah. Um, here it's a problem. Here's a problem. And the problem is that we're dealing with a judgment on Tlokwe. And some of the people who are commenting have not actually even read the judgment on Tlokwe. They are raising issues, allegations, slapping everything under the judgment and creating an impression uh, that this is what the judgment says. And the judgment does not seem. All the allegations that have been said here are not contained in the judgment. So if a person raises those kind of issues, there are issues that I've got to deal with at the different level. I've got to investigate some of those issues. Mm. Uh, so that I know exactly what the person is talking about. But the issues that have been proven are issues that are in the judgment. And the issues and allegations that one has got to respond to are contained in the judgment. So we must not cloud issues by bringing each and every little thing and trying to make it as though it's a product of the judgment on Clogway. Mm. Otherwise, we're going to be misleading the public. But sure. having said that... Um, the, on the issue of the investigations, 
the electoral, the the the, 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 the constitutional court is very very complementary uh, of the IEC for the fact that the IEC did its own investigation and came up with information which information was used by both the independent candidates as well as the constitutional court to arrive at a decision. So when we realized that there were issues that were being raised, we did not just sit. We went there uh, with our GPS to make sure that we are able to ascertain exactly how many people are registered uh, wrongly or irregularly, and we got that information, and it is that information out of our own volition that we supplied the court with to say this is what we found in our investigation. Mm. So it is an issue that uh, is on record, and it is easy to deal with issues that are on record. Is but there a disciplinary action that was taken the disciplinary against... against an individual? Mm-hmm. Yes, there was a disciplinary uh, 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 hearing uh, for uh, uh, the person who was the EPC in that area, and uh, that person resigned. Uh, he was not given any uh, settlement. Uh, he resigned before we could actually conclude uh, the uh, the disciplinary hearing. Just so, for interest, like what were the allegations against him? No, no, all the issues that are that are being raised here. Um, some of the some of the issues was that the people were uh, irregularly registered, and with this person knowing. So mm. we wanted to get to the bottom of this issue to say, were you aware uh, that people were being irregularly registered? Were you part of this thing? Mm. And uh, this thing are issues that are on record. As I say, uh, the fact that the constitutional court mm. has actually found against us uh, are issues that we've got to deal with. And therefore, we were already trying to at- attend to some of those issues. Well, uh, let's go back to those lines. Um, 0891-104-208. Calvin and Porch, good morning. Sakina, morning, Mr. Talani. Sakina, I've got three things. First of all, there is absolutely no content in what Mr. Joe Maglua has raised and the, even the last learner. If you listen to the, Mr. Talani, he's very focused. He's very, very focused, my dear, and it's about the judgment, and they need to focus on that. Now they come with all other things except to focus on the judgment. Secondly, the, whether there was a high court outcome or what, it would not have changed any results that I want to assure of. Lastly, and this is, this is the most critical point, Sakina, it's a systems issue. Now, when is the IEC going to review the, our electoral act? If you look at the Scandinavian countries, it's, it's one system. Once you're on the voting system, you can vote wherever you are, irrespective of your location. Your details are captured on the system. You can vote even during the election time as many times as possible. And it's only your last vote that will count. So we need to review, we need to update the this, uh, this system. So we need to invest a lot of money into an ITC system. So I just want to find out from the IEC, when are they going to review the, the, the system itself so that we don't have all these uh, crooks trying to abuse the system. Thank you, my dear. That's Calvin in Porch. And staying in Porch, uh, Chris, you're also there. Good morning. Uh, good morning, SK. Sorry for the line previously. And, and, and I want to agree with Calvin that, that is the system. But but in this case, Mr. Celani, we have to tell you, because I was a candidate, I was party to all the meetings where we discussed this. Dr. Tipa knew exactly, prior to the first election, 
we made them aware of all these problems. And they said they are not going to investigate. We said to them, come and have a look. Yes, people standing on the corner with scanners, actually registering people on voting day. They didn't respond. Up until the point where it became irrefutable for them just to, 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 to say, right, this guy did this wrong now. On that day, if you go back, the, the, the by-elections in Ward 13 and the Northern was cancelled on special voting day because of the irregularities that went on there. So for the IEC to come back, yes, it's a wish list. What they say, what should happen, that's right, we agree with that. But that's not what happened. And that they were not aware, it's not true. What surprises me is the fact that they dealt with the, with the, the IEC official in progress, but they did absolutely nothing to the, to the provincial IEC chairperson who knew all these things. And I can say that because we alerted her to that. So the IEC has compromised themselves in such a way, not their system, the people that they used and the fact that they never responded when we had complaints about it. Thank you, Eskay. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, Mr. Telani? Sakina? <coughs> Look, um, you would think, uh, particularly because the person who has just spoken um, uh, is one of the people who had submitted documentation to court um, that the information and the allegations that he is raising uh, would be uh, in his submission uh, so that they are investigated properly by the, by, by, by the court. They've made quite a number of uh, allegations and in those allegations the court looked into them and the court came to a conclusion. But in the whole judgment and even in their submission there is not even a mention of, the, of Dr. Tiba being complicit. Now, we get this thing outside the judgment. And I'm saying, let's focus on the issues that have been raised, both by the candidates, by the IEC, in the submission to the, to the electoral court first, and to the constitutional court. Because then, we are able to look at issues that have been tested to see as to whether this issue is correct or incorrect. And then I'm saying, the judgment is there for everybody to see. Information is there for everybody to see. But for me to be dealing with allegations that, no, this one knew, this one knew, if indeed that is the case, you'd have expected that information to be in the submission of the people who went to court. How come that information is not contained there? But Mm. I indicated that in relation to one individual, we, uh, after the issues were raised, decided to take disciplinary action against that person. And that person resigned before we could finalize the matter. Now, in that judgment, is there any part of it that speaks critically to the IEC and its role and what it yes. perhaps had done wrong? Yes, yes. There are quite a number of areas where the, uh, the Constitutional uh, Court uh, is not happy with us. Um, one of the issues, as I've indicated, is that the court says it is baffled by the fact that we were not able to provide the, uh, the, the, uh, the candidates with a voter's role on time, and secondly, that we could not actually uh, submit uh, the voters' role with addresses, and that uh, even though we were trying to argue on a technical side, uh, trying to uh, look at the numbers, the Constitutional Court says that is not the issue. The issue of the free and fair elections has got to be seen within the context of the Constitution and mm. the Bill of Rights, and the fact that the candidates were supposed to have been given an opportunity uh, to go and converse for support in a particular ward, knowing exactly who are the people who have registered in that particular area. So, Which this, comes back to my earlier question. Yeah. So 
why did you not think that it was a problem, the fact that the candidates did not have access to the voters' roll timelessly? That one, um, I think it's a problem on our part. We've got to try to look into that and make sure that that thing does not recur. It was a problem uh, in terms of our staff. We're supposed to have, we've, you know, every, ahead of every by-election, mm. uh, we give uh, the contesting parties and every person uh, election timetable. Uh, time that election timetable indicates uh, various steps that have got to be taken or milestones that have got to be achieved in the process of the delivery of a by-election. And the issue of inspection of the voters' role is also part of the issues that we put in as milestones in the timetable. So and, then the fact that, you... and the fact that we, 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 we did not do this, I think it's a matter that we are going, going forward, we must investigate thoroughly and try to see as to whether there are steps that, can, that the organization can take. Because that is what I find baffling, because how could you then envision a free and fair election if that step, had not been adhered to. Because if you think about it, um, the electoral registration, that has to perhaps be the most important, the most critical element of any election because that ultimately is what everything else springs from. I accept that. I accept that. That's what I'm saying to you. It is a matter that the Constitutional Court is raising very sharply and it's a matter that we must go back and try to see what actually happened in this case. But let me put things also in the context. And I don't want to sound to be over-defensive, because in areas where we are wrong, we've got to rectify those areas, and we've already started rectifying those areas. So the Constitutional Court is right, and then we have taken a decision that is correct as a commission uh, to say that we are going to implement uh, the court order in totality. So all the issues that are raised in the constitutional, by the Constitutional Court uh, we 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 we're not going to be beating about the bush and saying uh, this is an unimplementable. Un- we're going to implement each and every aspect of uh, what the court says. But this is uh, the context I want to give you as well, without sounding to be over defensive. Since the last municipal elections, we have had more than five hundred and twenty by elections. And Tlokwe had only seven by-elections. Now, out of all the 520 by-elections that we have had, everything went smoothly. However, in only seven areas in Tlokwe, we were found wanting. Now, this is a context where one should actually be able to say, the Electoral Commission has been running a very smooth operation. But we made mistakes in Tlokwe, and we must rectify those mistakes going forward. Are you 100% confident that this is confined to Tlokwe? I have indicated that um, the issues uh, pertaining to addresses, it's an issue that must be attended to leading to the whole uh, voters' role. And how are you going to do this, given that in some rural areas and the like, you have people who uh, don't have a street address, a physical address that they can actually provide. How are you going to deal with all of that? You know, the judgment, may, the judgment is very interesting in that particular regard because we had argued uh, th- at that point to say it is difficult for us to do so. But this is what the court says. The court says you have, to, you have an obligation as the Electoral Commission to find sufficient particularities of a voter's address. What does that mean? 
it means in my interpretation remember i'm 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 speaking here uh, just having read the, the 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 judgment the commission still has to see and try to interpret uh, the judgment and see how we deal with all sorts of issues emanating from the judgment but this is how i interpret it i think the learned judges are saying to us you've got to even if you do not have an address you've got to have sufficient information about the particularities of an individual for you to come to a conclusion that this person can be allocated to this segment of the voters role. What are the kind of the things that you are taking into consideration? The court is not saying you must have a number and saying even in areas where there's no mm. number, you must have number six uh, Harrison Street or mm. whatever when you know that there is no such regular address. So they're saying go find mechanism that will be able to enable you that you've got sufficient information about an individual to be able to come to a conclusion that this person can be allocated to this particular area. Well, um, we tried him earlier. I believe he's there now. Professor Kialebuha Mapunye, who occupies the Whipple Brigalia BAM Chair in Electoral Democracy in Africa at UNISA. Thanks for speaking to us this morning, Prof. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to Mr. Tefilani. I've been listening to you, but I think uh, the Kremlins couldn't allow me to connect. So, Apologies. Uh, 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 accepted. So what's your take on this whole clockwise situation? Well, my, my take, Sakina, and I've listened to Mr. Tefilani very carefully, and uh, like one of the listeners mentioned, I mean, he's acknowledging, you know, uh, some of the issues that uh, came out uh, as a result of the, of the judgment. But for me, three things are quite important in this regard now that, uh, you know, uh, I've just been connected now. The first one is that the law in South Africa works. Whether you talk about the process going to the electoral court, as it did, or whether it went to the concord, uh, which eventually came up with this judgment. The second one is that uh, there is indeed, based on Mr. Telani's, uh, you know, acknowledgement of some of the, you know, inaccuracies that might have crept in, that uh, there's a need for greater improvement, continual improvement in terms of uh, ensuring that the integrity of the IEC as well as the election uh, management process runs smoothly. And then finally for me is the issue that uh, there is a need for the Commission to constantly uh, respond meticulously and promptly to uh, the complaints that might be raised by candidates. Because if it doesn't do that, or if it doesn't seem to appear to be doing that, it might appear to be, you know, bias in favor of one candidate or the other, as some of these candidates, uh, you know, um, have been complaining. So the issue is to ensure that, uh, uh, yes, the IEC is still, you know, uh, um, running elections, uh, you know, it's fairly, relatively free, freely and fairly in terms of uh, the South Africans. I don't think, uh, you know, uh, that its trust has been, you know, undermined, but it might have taken a dent in view of what happened uh, in Klokwe. And of course, I, I can acknowledge that there have been you know, hundreds of by-elections, Mr. Zalani says about 520 or so uh, more uh, that have been held. But of the seven, uh, we have uh, this plot. But uh, this plot might just be one too many, which means the bar has to be raised much more higher whenever we look at uh, you know, elections. It doesn't matter whether it's a by-election or whether it is a local uh, municipal election that will be held uh, next year. And there those gremlins go again. But uh, we got you there. Thanks all the same, Professor Kialebocha Mapunye, uh, who occupies the Whipple Brigalia BAM Chair in Electoral Democracy in Africa at uh, UNISA. And um, more of my listeners are also asking that same question. Um, Do you accept that this would have had a serious blot
on the credibility of the IEC, will it, that it will lead to people questioning, um, you know, the results and also the voters' role uh, by implication. In fact, perhaps it's the other way around. And um, also a question here uh, from Izwele too, who says, please ask your guest, why did they have to be told by the courts, um, you know, that uh, they needed to do something here? <clears throat> I have to accept uh, that this um, has, in a way, affected the image of our organization. And therefore, it is important for us to work very, very hard to make sure that uh, uh, we dispel uh, all the suspicions that people could have um, about our processes and how we run our processes. And I think we're going to have to be even more transparent so that if there are problems, we've got to be able to indicate to the South African public that these are the kind of the challenges and difficulties we have. We've got absolutely nothing to hide. Where we do not have the addresses, we've got challenges, we will indicate. In fact, we've been indicating this to the political parties. The political parties are aware and responding to uh, the last question to say, did we have to be told by court? We've been improving our system since we started with this organization. Since uh, 1998, when we had our first registration, we've been improving, we've been capturing the addresses. Some of the areas have been more difficult than others. Uh, we have been working on this. We've been capturing uh, the addresses. Uh, it's just that in talk where the issue got more pronounced before we could deal with the whole country. And I've indicated again uh, that... Uh, there are many other areas mm. where we do not actually have uh, regular addresses and then we are trying to see what are the kind of the mechanisms we can put in place in order to make sure that uh, we address those kind of issues. So there are those kind of inaccuracies and then we've been dealing with them. We've been trying to address them. Uh, the reason why we have regular registrations and we keep on telling people, go and change your details, we are hoping to get more and more information about people, which information can help us to correct their details. Okay. And then when we are going to open again uh, for registration, we want to urge every person again to go and check and make sure that their information is accurate so that we can be able to use that information for the purpose of running the elections. Otherwise, we are going to keep on having this kind of problems all over where people are saying, uh, but uh, you know, uh, uh, you don't have an address in this particular area, etc., etc. Mm. So we've got to work very, very hard, and we've been working very, very hard even before the judgment. It's just that the judgment has pronounced and elevated the issue to the level where it is. Let me um, read a few um, SMSs to just uh, top it off. To me says, I'm so proud to be a resident of Tokwe. Active citizenry is alive here. Danisa says, uh, that's what happens when people put the party first and not the country. Depart says, contribution, it's easy to solve by election voters' role. The IEC must always use the last national election role for a ward. New people in the ward should have an opportunity to elect in that ward after a national election.
and this will stop people being bussed in for by-elections in towards um, someone else also wrote something similar. Jen says um, this confirms what I've long suspected. Buipilo says Terry spinning the impossible. In fact I would encourage the EFF and the DA to seek a recount of last year's general election results, especially in Gauteng. Stephen Durban says the IEC is just another player in the ANC holding on to power. Their new director is Zuma's old advisor and they have no credibility at all. And San says the IEC obviously instead of investigating chose to go to court who pays for the courts and how much and then one from Matlatini who says I cannot pay my car license or register it without providing my ID or a utility bill why can't IEC do that otherwise the licensing department is overstepping its mark so many many more coming through and unfortunately we're going to have to park it right there but I'm sure uh, these sort of conversations will continue going into an election year but thank you so much for coming through this morning Commissioner Tselan Thank you very much for having me. And that's where we're going to leave it. Thank you so much for your fantastic participation, as always, to the production team. And, of course, we're back with you tomorrow. Right now, though, it's 9 o'clock. Kumbuzile Tabete with the latest news.